This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, ROM criminals. We have some exciting news to share with all of you, but you have to stick around until the end of the episode to find out what it is. For goodness, my lady love. Hi. Hi, my love. How are you? I'm good. I miss you. It's nice to see you over Zoom. I miss you too. It is always wonderful to see your face. I'm so grateful for this just yeah. because it means I get to see you. Even Thank though you. today, I'm pretty sure I, I zoomed so hard on this laptop that my camera straight up broke. <laughs> and I had to like reset a bunch of stuff to be like, no, you have to still work camera. Right. Because that's all we do. I know. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I'm the big I'm a big fan of just unplugging and plugging or turning things off and on. And then they usually work. Yeah. You're the reason I could fix it. <laughs> I was like, Vanya, I don't know what's happening. It's okay. Oh, that's right. Hi guys. I'm Vanya. I'm the Rom. Hi, Vanya. I'm Avrin. I'm the crime. And this is Rom Crime. This is our true crime comedy podcast that has Romantic information. Ooh. Yes. Ooh. So romantic up in here tonight. That's right, everybody. Today, we're asking, or asking, no, 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 we're not asking. We're answering all of your burning questions. And my, 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 were there many? Okay, there was, there was like not a lot, a lot, but guess what? Enough for us to get excited and sort of prepare a little uh, ask us anything. Absolutely. And to everybody that did submit a question or two, or for my mother, for like the 55 questions you asked, (laughs) I didn't include all of them. Please forgive me. Um, But thank you so much. We really appreciated it. And some of the questions were really fun and, you know, kind of silly and also definitely shows that you're listening. Yep. Thank you. All right. Should we just get to it? I I mean, so, I mean, why delay the inevitable Right. for it? All right, so uh, we're gonna be reading these off. Um, I'm wait, I'm doing odd, right? Yeah, you'll be. Yes, one. I am. Okay. Lanya's <laughs> the odd lady tonight. I am always the odd lady. It's totally fine. Also, I haven't been drinking for eight days in a row, and it's so hard because I like to relax with a glass of wine at night, and I am not right now. So I'm like. I have, it's really hard for me to sleep because I need my little whiny. I, I give you mad props though, because I feel like in these times when people I are, know. you know, turning to things like alcohol to numb themselves, to actively yeah. be like, nope, going to just sit in this shit, going to sit in it and feel it all, like squish around in it. And totally. Just there. But I still hard. am pretty impressed by you. You do, she does like whole 34 times a year and I'm always, and she doesn't drink for 30 days straight. And I'm like, you're amazing. It's always a challenge. But one that I feel like I imagine you're feeling the same way, where I, it ultimately is like, no, I can do this. And you know you can do it. Yeah. Just, you have to just kind of switch how you yeah. lay out your evening. Exactly. I'm drinking lots of tea, mm-hmm. um, fun things like that. But it's my go-to. It hasn't been that hard. I was I was dreading it. But the truth is, I also started to work out a little. And that helps me because I get t- more tired at the end of the day. Yeah. Yesterday I didn't work. I took a day off or what work out. And it was like, I was just like a little white knuckling it. I'm like, because I was not tired. But anyways, question one, everyone. Welcome to Rom Crimes. First, ask us anything with question one. It is a nice, I like the starter. What has been your favorite rom crime episode so far and why? 
Ooh, ooh. Do I get to go first? You do. Okay. So my very favorite to this day, even though I love so many of them and I, I love all of them, honestly, even mm-hmm. the ugly ones that I have to write out on paper so that Bonnie doesn't have to, to say any of it and I <laughs> can just read an ugly story and then we can talk about it. But I love them all. But my very favorite episode is episode five, which I believe is titled Lisa in the Sky with Diapers. Or is it called something different now? No, nope, that's it. That's it, Lisa. Lisa in the Sky with Diapers, which was the story of Lisa Novak, the astronaut who drove all the way from, I think, Texas to Florida to kidnap and potentially murder her ex-lover's new girlfriend. And for me, the reason why I love that episode is I think that was the episode where we really found our groove. Yes. Where we, we found a story that one, you know, the, one of the things that I love about this podcast is the balance that we bring to it. You know, I'm the one that loves like the, the true crime horrific murder stories. And you're the one that's like, okay, I'll do this with you, even though I don't always enjoy it. And then you bring the light to the show. And we, that was the first time we picked a, a, a rom crime. Right. We're really in the, in the end of the day, other than people's lives being ruined, which is not funny, but like nobody died. Nobody was even really hurt, mm-hmm. but it was a fascinating story of like a romance making you act in an absolutely insane way. Yeah. but then made national news and it involved astronauts. And I just also felt like we told funny personal stories for, I think the first, I mean, we always share personal stuff, but like we made a point to be like, let's tell the time we needed or wished we had an adult diaper on in public <laughs> story. Right. So that is my favorite episode. And the reason why is because I felt like that was the one where we found I love what wrong time is. I love it. Okay. So mine, I, of course, here's the thing. I'm a little bit like, okay. Personally, I love all my children. I love all my children. It's really hard for me to, you know, pick. But first, so I have two and I'm sorry, whatever, I have two. Um, actually, it's, I have many, but I love Lisa in the Sky with Diapers and I almost picked that one. I really did. But because I do agree with all those things, um, I, I picked, my first favorite was actually the Natalie Wood, We Totally Solved It. Because I I didn't know anything about that. And so researching it and doing all of, all of the historicals or, you know, whatever historical, but Los Angeles research of Hollywood in that time and like Catalina Island and like, it's, uh, it's still unsolved. We don't know who killed her. We don't know if she fell off the boat, but it was, I feel like walking through that with you was just pure delight for me. Um, you know, there's, there's, there was some darkness obviously to the story, but like, I, I just like, be, kind of was obsessed a little bit with it. I'm like, can we go back and learn more? I was like, should we do more Hollywood stories? I don't know. Anyways, I just love that one. Okay. And then of course, so honestly, my next one, I'm just looking, forgive me for being, uh, I'm not sure which episode it was. Oh, it was okay. So I actually have to be honest. I loved making and listening to Tiger King episode. We tried a different, um, we tried a different like template out, right? Like, so we kind of each took an episode and we shoved it into like an hour 15 or something like this. And cause we're like, we're doing all of the episodes in, in one rom crime episode, all of the Tiger King episodes. And I just was like joyful while we were, while we were talking about the crazy characters and the music. And I mean, those poor cats, but you know, all the things just so good. That one was probably if I had to pick a second favorite or a equally favorite, I would have picked that one too. And I can also assure all of our listeners out there that that was my mother's very favorite episode. Was it? She still talks about it. Oh, I love that. She tells everybody that she's ever met to listen to it, which God <laughs> bless you, Betsy you're the best and um, our number one rom criminal. So thank oh you God, for it. that. But I love that that's, it's like a tie for you. Cause I know that that one, I also think it was just one of those things that it was, it was what everybody was consuming. Yes. And we were right on top of it because uh, nobody can do anything anymore. Right. <laughs> so we were also binge watching it. Yeah. And then we're like, let's do it. If there's crime there, lots mm-hmm. of crime. And lots of, you know, rom- romantic stuff in there. Even the romance of just the tigers, not, not, not like sexual romance, but like the fact that people 
like normal human beings want to touch a baby tiger. And that's why this world exists. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's still. We do. And now we all know, don't do it. Don't do it. It's never right. Whether it's Mm -hmm. a sanctuary or a zoo, never let anyone give you a baby cat unless you're comfortable taking that cat home and then somehow getting it out into its natural habitat because that cat is going to be gone in 12 weeks. That's right. And did, so upsetting. did you see that uh, article I posted? It was, I think, from the New York Times, like in the early 2000s of a man who had a full-grown tiger in his apartment. And he, oh. he goes to, oh, look, it's amazing. He goes to the ER because, and he says his pit bull beat, bit him, but he, they were like, this is not a pit bull. But the reason it bit him because he got a kitten and the big cat, went after the kitten and the guy kind of got in the way. Anyways, what happens later is the police come or whatever, whoever is called on that, they find a full-size alligator in a, in a Harlem apartment, a one bedroom, a full tiger and, and like some other, like a bunch of other animal or like a, a boa constrictor and a bunch of things. In New York city? In New York city, Holy mommy. shit. I know. It's animal control. That's it must have been. That they recall, right? Uh-huh. And through the window, they had to um, dart, you know, tranquilize yeah, that shit. And then I think they, like, carried him out the window and, like, it's it's insane. The pictures are crazy. I will put it in the description, guys. I'm just telling I you. I have lived in a Harlem apartment. And the idea that one of my neighbors would have had a full-grown tiger. Right. And an alligator. I had to like get rid of a dead mouse once and it was the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me, maybe to this day. Oh my God. Don't call it that. We just call them kitchen bunnies. Um, so Should yeah. Question two. Yes, okay, that's it. All right. So this question is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. So the first part says for Avrin, what is your favorite horror movie? And for Vanya, what is your favorite rom-com do you know how hard it was for me to say rom-com just now and not rom-com? <laughs> rom-com. Like rom-com has like left my lexicon. <laughs> so thank you for the question, firstly, but also not fair because I also have a favorite rom-com. So I'm answering <laughs> both questions and I encourage you to do the same, Bonnie. I'm you going to first. because I actually, I was thinking about it a lot. And the truth is I totally, listen, horror movies freak me out. Like if they're really dark and like I never saw Hereditary. I never saw those deep like adam the witch adam was like my husband was like it's fine it's like it's historical okay so i'm a nerd and i love historical anything because i'm i have a costume design degree i just love the costumes and all the you know stuff so i was like i'll watch this with you and i was pregnant with somebody one of my kids and it was terrifying and it's all about oh and i said i'll watch it as long as kids don't get hurt and it's just all about kids getting killed anyways are you talking about the witch the witch, yeah. Oh yeah, that shit's that's a hardcore horror movie. Yeah, like, I live for horror movies, and even I was like, "See, you gotta talk to Adam, slap some sense into that boy, because he should know me by now." Especially pregnant Vanya, which I'm not ever planning to be again, is very sensitive. Okay, so shall I start? Yeah. Okay, guys, sorry I couldn't pick one rom com because they are my, they are literally my favorite. So. I have, oh God, I don't even know how to do this, which is my favorite. But can I just tell you many that I really love? Yes. One that comes to mind and probably the most I've seen is Overboard. I love that movie so much. That's Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell, and they are just the best duo. I also love Something's Gotta Give. That is with Diane Keaton, who has the best cry scene ever. She's got the breakup cry scene where she cries and cries. It's Trust me, guys. It's so good. She's excellent. And they're older people having a, a romantic affair. And it's just, they're just, they're pros. I'm telling you. I also, maybe it's, you know what? I shouldn't feel bad. I shouldn't feel shame. All these are great and they make you feel good. I also have probably seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days as many times as I've seen Overboard. So the daughter of Goldie Hawn, Kate uh, Hudson, stars in that one with Matthew McConaughey. And it's just it's just joyful. There's a scene where, you know, she's playing him basically, but there's a scene where they go to his parents' house in Staten Island and she starts to let her guard down and they ha- they're all sweaty and get all wet and they go into the shower and it's like one of the cutest, funniest, hottest little scenes. I'm telling you, it's really good. And she gives him a fern. 
and she lets it die. Oh, guys, I'm telling you, it's so good. I watch rom-coms too, you guys. That's right. (laughs) A couple of notables, My Best Friend's Wedding. I enjoyed that one, although it's kind of fucked up, but it's still good. I love Sleepless in Seattle. And then one that honestly rivals for number one, but I think of it as many genres more than just rom-crime, The Princess Bride. It's a damn good movie. Yes. It's a damn good, and it's a rom com. <laughs> I know. And then, okay, so then for horror, I have one. <clears throat> All right, what is it? Lay it on me. I'm so excited. And it is What We Do in the Shadows, directed by Jemaine Clement and Taiki Watiti. And it is, okay, so there's a TV show out now on FX. Um, of the same by the same name, what we do in the shadows, but the original movie out in 2014, it is so it's like almost a perfect movie, and I do not say that lightly. It is hilarious. It is, I mean, it's bloody and kind of scary, but it's just it has that mockumentary, also genre to it. That it's like just, if Christopher Guest made a horror film. It's so good. I'm telling you, and I love whatever. Taiki Watiti does, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch that. Okay, I'm gonna watch that. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. I actually have a great story about that movie. So I'm pretty sure I was with Samara, our good friend Samara. We went and saw it at one of those like small rinky dink movie theaters um, in the Lower East Side. And when we came out, we were like, that was hysterical slash awesome and so good. And we we're walking to the subway. The main actor in that movie, what's his name? Jemaine. Yeah, we literally walked, we walked, he walked right next to us all the way down in the subway car after we had just seen him in a movie. And it was one of the, those quintessential New York moments where I, where I just knew that one, he's recognizable. You know, if you see him, you might not know his name, but you would be like, I know that guy from something. But we had just walked out of his movie. That's amazing. He's all, he okay. was also the crab in Moana, just in case oh. you Good to know. I didn't know that. But anyway, that was one of my favorite New York stories is like going and seeing a movie, exiting the theater, and then walking down the subway platform with the star of the movie you just saw. (laughs) I'm like, this is normal. This is life now. I'm sorry. My brain just exploded and I kind of, I'm going to have a hard time forgiving myself. I actually, in my top like three movies, best favorite movies is Shaun of the Dead. And that is, that's a horror movie. Yes, it is. But it is so good. Shaun of the Dead. If you haven't seen it, who's the main guy? I can't think of his name. Simon Pegg. Thank you. And I love him. And I met him once and I couldn't, like, I was a, such a geek. He came into the bar I was working in and his wife was pregnant and I tried to give them both alcohol for free. I'm like, hey, hey Mar, I love you so much. He's like, like shots. Yeah, he's like, it's all right. I'll just take one beer and a sparkling water for my wife. Anyways, so sorry. Shaun of the Dead. God damn Amazing. I love it. And both That's of them have one. comedic you know, elements. And also, if we're going to be honest, like the best horror movies, the, the, the horror movies that I think kind of s- stick with people. Yeah. It's a little tongue in cheek. There's camp, there's humor, because otherwise it's just the witch. And you're yeah. like, why? <laughs> What's happening? Um, which, even though I enjoyed that movie, you know, there's just nothing. There's nothing funny or campy about that shit. No. So I Mm-mm. don't know why Adam made you watch that while you were pregnant. Or even if you hadn't been pregnant. I would never be like, Bonnie, I have this great movie idea for us. All right. So I'll start with horror. Great. Because that's my genre. Oh, it's so hard. So first and foremost, it's not hard for me to tell you all. My favorite movie of all time has been for as long as I can remember. And definitely falls into the horror movie category. But I feel like doesn't really apply to what people are asking for in this. In this. Okay. Yeah. But my favorite movie in the world, no, like fuck genre, just favorite movie is Jaws and has been since I was nine years old. Um, it's the first time I think I ever watched anything that terrified me mm. where I was so just freaked out by the, what I wasn't seeing you know, because it's like you see the yeah. shark eventually, but the fear that you feel about this creature builds so much because of what you don't see for like the first, I would say, three quarters of the movie. Right. And it's just a wonderful freaking movie. It's also my favorite meme that relates to coronavirus. What's that? Oh, it's the one where it's like um, the mayor 
is Trump. Uh, the Matt Hooper of the, um, he's the guy that, what's his, what's his face? Richard Dreyfus. sorry. Oh, yeah. He's Matt Hooper of the Oceanographic Institute. He's the expert. He's the <laughs> Dr. Fauci. Yeah, okay. And then you've got um, Chief Brody, who I named my dog after. Oh, right. Is, um, oh, <sighs> shit. Hold on. You guys, it's too good for they me. They had a police or whatever. So I'm going to look it up. But basically, so we've got Trump as the mayor, who's like, Tourism is how we survive. We will murder the people by a shark because we are keeping the beaches open. It's happening. And then you've got our resident expert, Dr. Fauci. Oh, and then you have Chief Brody, who's Andrew Cuomo, the guy who's oh. like in charge of like the epicenter of the, the fucking shit show that's happening. Right. And then you have COVID-19, who would be our great white shark. Ugh. But anyway, that's my favorite movie of all time. Happens to be a horror movie. But in the context of rom crime and my true crime obsession. Ooh, okay. So I want to say first and foremost, because it's the better film, Silence of the Lambs, which is a truly perfect movie. Uh, it's, it's one that I can't pass up anytime it's on TV. Like if it's on TBS, if I, I have to watch it. It's so good. Mm. And it's so scary, but also just like so, I don't know, intoxicating. You know, you're going to eat his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti type. You know, you're just like, ah, but it's so good. But then I will say, I'm sorry. You, I'll only do one rom-com, I promise. <laughs> um, but another one that's really high up there for me, which I don't know how good of a movie it is, but I freaking love it, is Copycat, starring Sigourney Weaver, Harry Connick Jr., Holly Hunter, and Dermot Mulrooney. And it's about a copycat serial killer. And I could also watch that movie whenever it's on TV. I mean, if Holly Hunter is in it, then it must be amazing because she's- Oh my God. I love her in everything. She's she's a detective. Sigourney Weaver is like a professor at a college of like criminal, like criminology. Mm. And then Harry Connick Jr. is this like prolific serial killer that tries to kill her at the very beginning of the movie, but she survives and he goes to jail but she becomes like agoraphobic and has all these issues. And then there's a copycat that's like coming for her because she's the one that got the serial killer put in jail. Anyway, excellent film. Also, Vanya, when you're not feeling like, you know, protecting the children, I actually think you might like it because the cast is superb. Yeah. And as long as you just, you know, like, I don't know, maybe smoke some Indica before we were like, I don't know. I can't smoke anything. I can't. Even no, nothing works for me. It makes my brain go like too much. Indica doesn't even work for me. Anyways, but I'll just have a nice martini when I start drinking again and I'll watch it. Yeah. Okay. I actually really do think you'd like it. Or maybe when we're allowed to hang out again. Yeah. You'll hold my hand. I will hold your hand and we will watch copycat together. Okay. It's so fun. I I just love it. That's like, for me, that's like the ultimate true crime movie. Great. Um, And then for rom com Mm -hmm. to say, (laughs) So the first thing that came to mind, I realized, I, and I'm going to go with it, but I don't actually know if it's a rom-com. Okay. Practical Magic. But it's like- You know, it could be a rom-com for friends. But it, yeah, I think maybe that's like why it speaks yeah. to sisters and like a coven of women that like support each other and get each other through hard times. But I feel like there's, there's like men in the story, right? Where there's an angle of romance. Like there's a guy- that doesn't he have like one blue eye and like one brown eye and it's like a whole thing. Well, there's the bad guy in it. Right. Well, there's the bad husband that beats Nicole Kidman. Right. But then there is the cop guy that the little girl that was, that grows up to be Sandra Bullock always had this vision of like falling in love with a guy with like one green eye and one Uh, brown eye or one blue eye and one brown eye. Sure. Then yes. Yes. Anyway, listeners, feel free to correct me if it's not (laughs) a rom-com, but that's my favorite. That's one that I, get so excited anytime I'm like, oh, practical magic. Yes. Mainly because I think I really love movies where there's like an older generation of women teaching, supporting, and like laughing with a younger generation of women that are struggling and they're like, I give up. And the older ladies are like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know. Yeah. And then they all like dance around a fire and like do magic. I love that. I like, I like anything with that kind of element in it too. That's so wonderful. That's my rom-com. Ooh, okay. So great. So now I'm on question three. Okay, so this one's nice. It's kind of like a a simpler, not simpler, but um, personal one. 
What is the first thing that you notice about a person, Avrin? That's such a good question. I, oh, you know, I think for me, one of the first things I always notice whenever I encounter someone new is, is like if a laugh, you know, like the sound mm -hmm. of someone's laugh, which means they have a sense of humor, you're open, you're not like guarded or awkward. So somebody that, because I'm constantly trying to be like, <laughs> you know, when I meet someone, clearly I'm trying to make you laugh. Um, so I think one of the first things I notice in a person is maybe how free they are with their laugh and how genuine that laugh sounds. And yeah, that's my answer. I'm that's interesting. You know, I was just thinking about that because I didn't actually really prepare for this one. Sorry. Um, because in my mind, I was thinking, what's the first thing I like? What, what do I like in a person? But that's not what the, they're asking. It's what's the first thing that you notice about a person? Um, and I would have to say is if they light up a room when they walk in it. I'm kidding. That's just like, you know, that's the kidding. And you know, they'll ultimately be one Murdered. of the people to talk about. On the story. <laughs> just, kidding, just kidding. No, I think the first thing I notice, it's, it is like, how, how do they... Are they comfortable with themselves? Are they comfortable? I notice if someone's uncomfortable or comfortable, I can really sense. And I, I'm a little bit of a like an, an empath, you know, like a really, I don't know, whatever. But like I can tell if someone's agitated or not. I think that I enter energy. Let's call it energy. The first thing I notice is an energy about a person. Now, if it's way far away, then I'd probably think about their. Eye. I notice their eyes because I think right. that's Just a great the windows to the soul, as they say. But inner energy. But you know, if somebody's can't make eye contact at all or darting around. Yeah. So I think I base a lot of my trust, immediate, like sort of trust in someone is like, or if I want to further get to know them is how their comfortable energy. they are. Yeah. Their energy. What's your vibe, motherfucker? That's a good one. Mm -hmm. All right. So does that bring us to question four? That does. So this is pretty topical. Oh. <laughs> Avin Vaughn, when do you think you'll get to share the same recording space again? And my answer is as soon as we can. <laughs> and that's my answer too. The second we can be in the same room together safely, yeah, yeah that's what we're going to do. We're doing it. Don't worry. If I thought that it would work to like sit in her dining room 10 feet apart wearing a mask. We probably could. Microphone. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how the mask thing works with the Good microphone. Good point. But if we could do that, I'd do that tomorrow. Yeah, me too. I know. We're, we're just waiting. Okay. I'm waiting. But I am a safe Sally and I won't do it until anyone, until someone tells me and the right person tells me I can. Fair. Okay. Here's, oh, let me look up this one. I'm, uh, for, forgive me. Um, do you, okay, this one. Avern and Vanya, do you ever find yourselves rooting for the bad guy? And if so, whom? Huh. Okay, so that's interesting because I think if I truly think of someone as a bad guy, there's no way I'm rooting for them. Right. But in, a, like, in the rom-crime universe, a perfect example of where maybe I was rooting for the, the criminal was actually our very first episode, Lorena Bobbitt, right? Yes. So you have a woman who does an unspeakable thing to her husband, but then as you discover yeah. the circumstances in which she committed that crime you're like you yeah. you go girl and yeah. i hope you do it again if the situation <laughs> presented itself you know like if you had to do it over again you should do it again yeah. so in that regard yes sometimes i root for the bad guy but if i truly think of them as the bad guy then no i wouldn't root for them it's a really good point i i, I agree with that um i would say Oddly, and she was actually a bad guy, but I kept there. I uh, okay, so the our episode of the cocaine cowgirl. Um, oh my gosh, she was, was a badass. She so, the, but I think the thing that like made me kind of crazy about her, or was that everybody in the field of like cocaine smuggling, they did not. Griselda Blanco, they did not respect women. And she had to like, and it's really, I mean, it is completely fucked up to say that like, she had to work harder, kill more people, seem more, you know, ruthless. Right. But I found myself, 
I found myself rooting for her and then not, and then being like, no, she's really bad. She's like killed a lot of people or had a lot of people killed and done a lot of bad things. But then it would slowly peak up. I'm like, the poor, you know, that's. But just- what a badass and a pioneer and a breaker of glass ceilings for women. And it's, she, you yeah. know, it's complicated. Like people, even bad people. Right. You know, we can go into the whole like sociopath of it all. Right. You know, the serial killers that feel no empathy and nothing, you know. And even though, um, Grimelda, that was her name, right? Griselda. Griselda. Yeah. Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> no. Like Grimelda Marcos, right? That's who we're talking about? No. Griselda. But it's, there's, they're people. And even yeah. though they're doing bad things, there's, you know, there's that essential human part that sometimes you are kind of like, man, like your circumstances led you to be in this industry. And then look how you owned it, lady. Yep. And it's hard not to root for that. It's I have no problem not rooting for sociopaths who like murder people without feeling yeah, right, but, right. And who knows? She might have been one of those. But she might there have. was something innately kind of like, but you're cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Couldn't All right. That. So then let's see. What's our next question? Oh, I I love this one. Bonnie, I don't even know if you'll be able to answer this question, but I can because I did can research. You please sing. The Law and Order SVU theme song, and then tell us which character on that show you would be. Mm-hmm. So here's a fun fact about Avrin. I have seen every single episode of Law and Order SVU up to the last episode that aired. And then some of the earlier episodes I've probably seen like at least six times each. You know, they do the marathons. Yeah. I am just a sucker for a good what's the name of a tv show that's like you don't have to watch every week to know what's going on oh, um, episodic yes procedural an episodic oh, procedural. procedural yeah but i love it so i can do this for you listener like no problem i even have like the beginning of the show right as the songs oh, i'm just gonna do it do Should it, do it? So. yeah let's do it you i'm gonna i'm gonna come in with the guitar in a little bit but you go for right. it so it starts off with In the criminal justice system, sexually-based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. And then there's like, I'm probably not doing it but it's basically like, dun, dun, bum, 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 some other version of that song. And then do, 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 dun, dun. The do, 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 do cracks me up because it's like a weird guitar. Like, yeah, it's very like, it's like they're getting all sassy with the guitar there. They're like, don't know it. Yeah. Bonnie, have you ever watched Law and Order Special Victims? I have. I have. Um Yes, I have. Because there was a time where I was an actor and I was going out for trying to get any like of those. For that show, probably. Yeah. And I just, you know, you have to know what you're going out for. And I, I mean, it sucks you in. It sucks you right in. I'll be honest. It's good TV. There's the reason it's the longest running television show in history. Yeah. Yeah. I think my mom watches that one too. Oh, hands down, I'm iced tea. 100%. (laughs) You come in, you got a quick, quippy thing to say and you're out of there that's me and every once in a while an episode is totally about you even though like all along you've just come in with like the great (laughs) one-liners yeah solid steady presence but there you kind of keep everyone else at bay and then they're like here's gonna be an episode we're gonna crack this walnut right open exactly and i also love a leather trench yeah you know for sure i am so you would be one of the longtime players 100 percent. like you would be there from the beginning (laughs) I really wanted to say, like, I would be, you know, Detective Stabler or Detective Benson. But I really thought about it because I have seen the show so many times. And I was like, you know, who would I really be on the show? And so if anyone out there listening is like a diehard SVU fan, I would be Assistant District Attorney Alex Cabot, who is played by Stephanie March. Now, in my defense, she was on like almost 100 episodes of the show. So she was a big part of the show. But she was the lawyer. Oh, yeah. And then the reason she left the show was because basically someone tried to assassinate her and then she had to go into witness protection and they faked her whole death and everyone thought she was dead. Then she came. So then she was off the show for a while. Then she came back. 
And she was like, I couldn't tell you because obviously like witness protection, you can't tell anyone. And Olivia and Stabler were like, we're so betrayed, but we're so happy you're alive. She gets the guys that tried to kill her put back in jail. Then she leaves again. But then this is why I was like, this is why I would want to be her. She makes an appearance like so many years later. They're doing an episode, excuse me, frog in my throat, so excited. (laughs) Um, They're doing an episode about um, a woman who they believe that there was like domestic domestic violence involved. So a woman dies, they think the husband's responsible. They know that there was like actually a, a previous wife who was the mother of the child in the situation that just disappeared. Then they find out there's this whole network of people that like help disappear battered women like they help kind of rescue them from these situations but they kind of also go into witness protection turns out alexandra cabot who's no longer a practicing lawyer is one of the people that like breaks the law and helps these women get out of these situations and then she's like i dare you to turn me into the police and they're like wow and that's (laughs) you've got me you've got me hooked in tell you there's a reason why it's been on TV so long. You can't stop. Okay, here we go. Next one. Aha. Okay. Do you, okay. Sorry. Is the okay? Is the love of true crime hereditary? Do you think the love <laughs> of true crime is hereditary? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what I'm gonna say. I don't know if it's hereditary because I happen to know we have we both have mamas that love the true crime. It's true. I also love it. You are a hesitant. I'm a well, you were a straight up not interested, and then I I pulled you in, and yeah. I know that you are appreciating it now. But you did not like it; wasn't natural for you no. to find true crime. I dragged you to it. But I will say, she she my mom always liked like murder she wrote and that kind of stuff. And I'm I can get down. I can get real down with that. Absolutely, and I think that sometimes what's hard to differentiate because we do cover like truly horrible stories yeah. because we're trying we're finding these stories that are. <clears throat> crimes committed in the name of love and they usually end up in the worst case yeah. possible scenario but thrillers and mysteries yeah. they also do fall into the category in my sure. brain of true crime the same way that like murder she wrote was a show you'd watch with your mom like law and order svu <laughs> they're taking it a step further yeah. you know with like horrible what was it um sexually based offenses yeah. but it's that same idea of like solving a crime a right. mystery and so I don't think it's hereditary, but I do think that there is something to the fact that if you had a parent or parents who maybe followed the news of the day and mm. the news of the day was a murder story and they didn't turn the news off when you came in the room. And then they also thought unsolved mysteries, 2020. Oh yeah. We watched that. Yeah. That's totally what's going to be on. Even if we don't realize our children are hiding behind the couch watching it. Yeah. You know, this is how I watched my first, I watched it when oh I was my. probably seven because my brother was babysitting me who was seven years older than me. And it was a mini series on TV at the time. Uh, I hid behind a wicker. It was wicker, you guys, like straight up old, old <laughs> wicker couch. Hid behind it, watched the movie without my brother realizing it until I'm pretty sure I started whimpering. Like, oh my God. Out of here. Um, and I've been <laughs> fascinated ever since. So I would say that it's not hereditary, but my love of true crime yeah. Comes back to one thing. And I know I've told this story before, but I'm just going to tell it again. When I was like eight, my mom would drive me and my younger siblings to say, like, go get a takeout pizza from Little Caesars. Curbside pickup, if you will. <laughs> but she would go in and we'd pull into the parking lot. She would be parking the car literally in front of the front door. But before she would get out of the car to go get the pizza that was going to take 45 <laughs> seconds, she would turn to me and she would say, Avrin if I go in there and somebody comes up to the door or to the window, the door, like to the car, points the gun at you and says, get out of the car. I'm going to shoot you. You tell them you can shoot me right here because I am not going to a second location. (laughs) And it's like, because Oprah says, if you go to a second location, you'll just be tortured first and then they'll still kill you. (laughs) I'm eight. And I'm like, should we just all go into the little secret with you? But also, I love my mom so much because that is who I am as an adult now. And I know it's because of her, but she is also who she is because of her mom and her mom's mom and all those things. So in that regard, yes, I think it can be hereditary. 
but um i don't know if it's it's not like hereditary like g you know like i don't know the right for high blood pressure right 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 <laughs> what do you think Vaughn? i'm i mean i would say uh yes and i think you're right i think it's more environment and then like, you know, whatever you want to talk about, you know, but I, I think maybe I would be if, if it was just my mom, but my dad is kind of a fearful person always like, but in the opposite way of like, instead of like diving into something, it's like, stay away from that, stay away from that. So I think I was a little more scared growing up or something. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) A little more risk adverse, you know? Yes. If you you had a worry wart as a parent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's, I mean, that also, I think, in, I mean, everything our parents do as, as we under, as we come to understand as we age, yeah. you know, there's obviously everyone's human, people make mistakes, but for the most part, you know, they're just experiencing things as the people that they were Yeah. and you can't help who you are. And so some of the kind totally. of funny, like quirks, like I had a mom that was like kind of a doomsday, like worst case scenario, here's how you handle it. Boom. Yeah. The facts. Let them shoot you in the face, you know? And you had a dad that was like concerned about the worst case scenario all the time. And he's like, but don't put yourself in this situation. Yeah. And so then you were like, well, I won't do that. Stay far away. Yeah. Yeah. Stay back. And obviously that has an impact on our kids. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to be like a little bit of a mixture with mine because I don't want to freak, you know, you, you have to tell them, please, no, stay away from that knife or whatever. But also I don't want to, Yeah. But I also want them to experience things on their own a little bit. Not not too dangerous, but you know what I mean. Like so anyways. Controlled chaos. Exactly. Good question. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, so where are we? All right. So Eight. next question. What is a wrong crime you've covered that still haunts you? Mm, yeah. That's pretty easy for me. I mean, there are a few, but I will say the house of horrors. 100% still haunts me. Yeah. It's okay. so awful. It's like Rose, uh, Fred and Rosemary West, and they just, they both were fucked up and like there was incest from both of their families when they were little to having children of their own to fucking with their kids and then killing them. It was just like, it is just disgusting beyond. And I think there was a lot of like, I think those kids were tortured. I almost said the Carla Homoko and that one, because that's really, really gross and fucked up. But that was like, I don't know, for some reason, that one's really ended quickly. It wasn't like years and years and years and years and years of abuse and like awfulness, which makes me feel really sad. I think more than anything feels sad, sad, ew. Yeah. Oh, and then the Playboy Playmate one, actually the end of that one haunts me too. Sorry. I get haunted a lot. That's, I mean, it's so interesting because I actually had the inverse of yours. So I, mine, mine is actually the Ken and Barbie killers. So uh-huh. Paul Bernardo and Carla Homolka. But my second one was going to be Fred and Rosemary West. That's funny. And I think that there is something about a crime that not only is, is vast as both of those two couples in yeah. terms of like the damage that they inflicted. So we've got, you know the West's killing all of those transients and like girls that came in to be like panties, but also murdering their kids, engaging in inappropriate sexual activity with their children. Yeah. And it's so upsetting. And so I think for me, the reason why the um, Ken and Barbie killer like edged them out in the number one spot was two, actually it's two things. And I know exactly what they are. One, it was the, the, the fumbling of the police that could have put a stop to what was Mm. going on so much sooner had they not just assumed that a handsome young white man Mm. was incapable of the crimes being committed because they had his DNA for years and they never tested it, even though he kept coming up in contact, like in context of these crimes. And then for me, one of the hardest things is, and I know you and I talked about this when we did the episode, but how could a woman offer up her own sibling yeah. to her predator, disaster motherfucker of a boyfriend and yeah. hope that that will be the push to make him propose? Mm-hmm. 
the sister dies and you're still like, but I still am obsessed and in love with you. And then I think the real kicker and why it haunts me is that she also then got out of prison not all that long after the fact and is living a life and has kids and Lord knows if they're okay. Yeah. But it just really sticks with me. But it is, I think, those criminal couples that do things together and that do things to their families. Yeah. Those ne- that never goes away. No. That and I think me. I blocked a lot of that Ken and yeah. Barbie stuff But it's out. interesting that your first was Fred and Rosemary and your second was Paula and um, Carla because mine, mine was the inverse, but it was still those were my two. Yeah. It's just they're awful. They it's are real awful. gross. Cool. Okay. So that's fun. <laughs> Number nine, but, right? Is that me? Am I odds? Oh, no, you're odds. I am odds. Okay, so uh, uh, Avern and Vanya, what is the future of the podcast? It says, oh, wait, what did it say? Sorry, one sec. Um, What's the future of the podcast? Do you see yourselves writing the perfect true crime romantic comedy screenplay someday? To that answer, to that I say, hell yes. (laughs) I didn't even know that's what we were planning, but yes. Absolutely. Um, We for sure are, and I've already titled our first one there'll be multiple movies but the first one's called love blind don't worry love it about it it's coming love out blind. soon i mean it's interesting i love that question well the future of the podcast at least in the immediate is to continue making the podcast and to continue to get to spend time with my one of my best friends in the world and explore these horrible stories but also you know learn from them arm ourselves yeah. with information as i've always said is the point of you know talking about true crime and then also mm-hmm. talking about romance and love and life and laughing and all the things that i feel like we do yeah. but i do i mean it never occurred to me that we could write the ultimate true crime romantic comedy screenplay i, I don't know if that definitely really it doesn't well maybe but i I love it. And challenge accepted, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. I will also say another future that was we were planning before the pandemic is we were hoping to do a live show and eventually do a tour of a live show. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure what the world will be anymore in terms of live events. So we might have to rethink that and do something online, like on Twitch or somewhere like that. Um, but I really, really am excited because we've been doing so much work on it and preparing it's gonna be amazing yes that well you're right vanya like the immediate goal not just to keep doing the podcast but we we had been planning on doing live shows yeah and in um when we re-enter a world where a bunch of people going into a room together to watch something is safe is safe we will still have that dream and we will still try to make that happen Mm -hmm. but in the meantime now we're gonna write a screenplay great done happening it's done so Amazing. Okay. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I love this question. So, Avern and Vanya, who would you cast as Joe Exotic and Carol Baskin in Tiger King the movie? You get to go first. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Okay. So, it, it's actually really hard for me to cast Joe Exotic because he's just such a character. Uh, but you know what? I honestly feel like Matthew McConaughey would do a really good job. And and I feel like he cuz the thing about Joe Exotic is he's likable even though he's like, you know, awful and what are all the things and like, you know, all right, all a right. predator and whatever, but I feel like Matthew McConaughey could probably bring some some of his, you know, humor to it and his egomaniacal attitude as well to it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that. And then I like that one. For Carol Baskin, I have to go with and she is she is only famous in my eyes and maybe as a smaller amount of people, but it's my friend Betsy Morris and she does an amazing an amazing impersonation of Carol Baskin that I I was like, "Oh my god, Betsy, you have got to play her in a movie." I I couldn't after I see my saw my friend do it, I was like, "I can't see anybody else. It has to be Betsy." So Betsy, I love you. Um and you, you cast. Should, yeah, you're cast in my head. That's amazing. She's so it's so good. She's so funny. She's <laughs> really like, funny, I want to see that. Like, oh. I want to see that impression. Yeah. All right. So, I feel like our our Joe Exotic Mm-hmm. Is actually not too different. We were Ooh. probably kind of both thinking the same things. I didn't actually pick Matthew McConaughey. I picked Woody Harrelson. Oh, that's really good. Somebody who I also feel like is a versatile actor, is great with both like drama and comedy, and then can kind of be a chameleon physically. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was like, I think Woody Harrelson, and there's also just that like slightly stoned all the time quality about him that I love. Yeah. But I felt like, you know, Joe was always on something. Seems like it. So I'm like, that's right, Woody Harrelson, you got this. And then for Carol Baskin, I mean, I'm just going to say this because I know I think that she's amazing, but I also feel like the ability to transform yourself into some, you know, you don't have to necessarily seem like the obvious choice to be somebody that can be all that you need to be with Carol Baskin, which is like a crazy cat lady, a takes myself way too serious lady, a potentially murderous lady. I pick Kristen Wiig. Ooh. That's my pick. Interesting. I just feel like she's so good at transforming physically, obviously, as we know from SNL and like being all these things. But I just think that she would be able to bring somewhat of maybe like, I don't know, almost a a caricature or an an impression. Yeah. But in in a really good way. Because I also think she's a great actress. So. I think that's really cool. I, that's I, I would love to see that. Her and Woody Harrelson would be amazing to watch. I mean, would you not pay to see that? I'd I would rent that, that for $20 on Prime. Me too. Me too. Limited, limited viewing. Absolutely. Okay. So this is our last question, everybody. Are you ready? And I am so obsessed with this question that I don't... Here's the thing. I can't answer this question. Only Avrin can. So I saved it for last. Ooh, pressure. What's up? Okay. So... It says, we love Avrin's voice. She sings the rom-crime music. Or, wait, sorry, we love Avrin singing the rom-crime music. The intro song is what they're saying. Um, Avrin, would you sing something for us? <laughs> um, of course. This is an Ask Us Anything. So I will sing you something. Um, you'll have to give me a second because I'll have to get, well, because I'm too afraid to do anything by myself. But if you'll allow me to grab my hubby who plays guitar, I would be happy to sing something for you guys. Amazing. Okay. This is my husband, everybody. Honey, will you say hi? Hello. That's James. Okay. We'll sing a little ditty for you. If I had wings like Noah's dove, I'd fly up the river to the one I love. Very well, oh honey, very well. Woke up this morning in drizzling rain, and in my heart I felt an aching pain. Fairly well, oh honey. Like a cannonball. Very well, oh my honey. Very well. One of these mornings, it won't be long. You'll call out my name. And I'll be gone Very well Oh, my honey well If I had wings Like Noah's dove I'd fly up the river Yeah.
husband's family have been working on in quarantine. Thank you, baby. Ah, Oh my gosh, I love that. What is that song? So that is a a folk song. Um, I guess Bob Dylan wrote the song. It's been covered many times, but it is most commonly known as being one of the songs from Inside Lewin Davis, which was a a movie that came out I don't know, like five years or more ago about kind of like a, like a Bob Dylan type character, but his name was Lewin Davis. Oh, My husband's entire family on his mom's side, they're very musical. We call them the Von Holsts. <laughs> and, you know, his like great, great grandfather was a composer who wrote The Planets, which is a very famous like piece of classical music that Star Wars basically ripped off as like the opening sound that you hear in the Star Wars movies. Oh. And so they're all really, really talented musically which is why my husband is, you know, also talented musically because it was something that was encouraged in them. But anyway, my mother-in-law really wanted to learn a song together. So she plays the accordion, she plays the piano, and she's been teaching herself the melodica, which is that little piano thing that you have to blow into. Oh, cool. And so we're trying to pick songs that we could work on together. And then my brother-in-law was like, well, this is a really nice, easy, it's a folk song. It's Bob Dylan, right? So it's like, it's mostly about the words. It's not, yeah. it's not meant to be difficult or it's meant to be beautiful. And, and the lyrics are meant to touch you, but it's not supposed to be complicated. And so we started working on it. And it's a, a, the song, the only song, honestly, lately that I've been singing on the regular. Oh. So I feel grateful that I had one of those in my back pocket. <laughs> I would have been like, and sorry, what's it called again? It's called Fare Thee Well. Oh, yes. Originally okay. by Bob Dylan. Amazing. But I do love it. I think it's a great well, song. Well, thank you for sharing it. That was great. Good job, James. <laughs> um, so shy. He's so funny. I was like, get in here. And he's like, but not on camera. I'm like, it's a podcast. Yeah, don't worry. You won't yeah, be seen. <laughs> um, that's great, you guys. That is the end of our Ask us anything. Now, let me tell you something. The reason we kind of wanted to do this, just to to start off, we're starting a Patreon page, which means that if you love us, there's a cup, you can sort of be a patron to us, which we would so appreciate. And that we totally understand this is a time where some people are struggling and it's no pressure at all. Listen to our content that's out in the universe. We love you and we're here for you. And we want putting that content out. Yes, absolutely not stopping at all. But we want to offer some memberships for to be a patron on Patreon. Um, and we have right now we have three levels. The first one is We Heart You. And that's a $5 starter. You're going to get full access to Patreon-only content, which we will create monthly. Um, we're going to start a new monthly episode called Rom Criminal Pillow Talk. And then, of course, you get our personal love. There's also a We Worship You level, membership level. It's at $10 a month. And you have all of those things, plus a personal shout out on air. There's also one that we will kill for you, and that's 20, and that's all the things, plus you get an amazing rom crime tote bag. And also, if you if none of these amounts please you, you can give us anything. You can give us a dollar a month, two dollars a month, a thousand dollars a month. We'll we'll take whatever you're offering, um, because we work really really hard to make this podcast, and we'd love to continue to do so and offer more things and get a little more tech savvy. Yeah, we want to like up our game and continue to bring you know the same content that we've been bringing to you guys all along, but be able to offer like additional special secret membership only stuff. Yeah, exactly. It'll be fun. And so, you know, for the price of a coffee a month, hey. You hey, can five bucks coffee. a month ain't nothing. And so we kind of, the reason we did this episode for you guys is we wanted to give you a little bit of taste of what a, a rom crime pillow talk could might be. be like. Yeah. And we'll pick some bonus crimes to cover and also uh, share videos with you guys. So <laughs> we, we just adore you guys. We hope everybody is staying safe and healthy out there. Um, during this time of COVID-19 and the pandemic. And we really, really look forward to sharing more rom crime with you. We love you rom criminals so much. And we appreciate your your listening more than you could ever know. Yeah. And we're very, very excited to create more and new content for people. And then to also keep these episodes coming because they are, I live for this shit. So I'm so excited to get to do this every week. Yeah.
it also means I get to see you. I know, you too. Even if it's just over Zoom. We'll talk to you next week. We love you guys. Mm -hmm.